I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. I love Christmas Eve Eve. I'm so stoked for just the next like 48 hours of just fun and Christmas stuff. And here's one of the things I really, really genuinely love about the Christmas story is that it's real. I genuinely believe that the Christmas story is real. It's not a fable. It's not something someone made up. Like Mary and Joseph were real people. They really lived. Jesus really did live and walk this earth He really did come to earth. He was fully God, fully man. And I hope to, to, if I can't convince you of that this this morning, I I hope to at least get you to consider the fact that it could be real. It could be real. And if it is real, I'm about to read a passage of scripture. And if it's real, it comes down to, to actually the greatest news you've ever heard in your life. In fact, the greatest news that any human being has ever heard. And it comes down to three words. The whole sermon today, everything that is Christmas comes down to three words. It's this, God with us. God with us. That is either the most comforting, most empowering, most joyous, greatest thing you've ever heard, or it's actually the most terrifying thought you've ever had in your life. God with us. It goes like this, Matthew chapter one. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph and before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had a mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah. He had, this is actually a prophecy that was actually spoken 740 years prior to this date. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet Isaiah that said this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. If that's real, If that really happened, it's the most amazing, the most joyous reality that humanity has ever known, that God came to earth to be with us. If you like taking notes this morning, you want to get the whole sermon out of the way, it boils down to these three thoughts. God is with you. God was with you. God will be with you. Okay, write those three down, memorize them, think about them this week. If you want to leave now and you still want to make sure you get the golden corral and not wait in line, you can leave now, okay, because you got the sermon. That's it right there. God is with you. God was with you. God will be with you. And like I said, that's either amazingly comforting or it's absolutely terrifying that God is with us. He's in the room right now. God is always with you. I don't know about you guys, but if I stop for a minute and think about my life over the past 12 months, no, if I think about my life over the past 12 days, 
There have been a few moments when the idea of God being with me always at every moment of every day, not exactly the most comforting thought. How about you guys? Eh? Right? Those moments you're like, well, I mean, now, now I, God was there, but I mean, is, now was God there? Like last week, and was God there? Was he really there? I mean, was God down in Broad Ripple last month with me? I mean, I'm just saying, does he just does it go to Broad Ripple? I'm not sure what happens with it. Here's a great passage of scripture. Once again, this is either amazingly comforting or terrifying. Psalm 139, verse 1. God, in, in, investigate my life. Get all of the facts firsthand. Firsthand? I mean, maybe you get them sixth hand or just not a hand at all. Then it gets worse. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. Thinking? Like, I'm not sure I want God to be a part of actions. And he's a part of thoughts as well, right? I don't know about you, in the past 12 days, you know, there's been some things I probably don't want God to be around, but there are some things I've thought, right, that I would rather just go to the bottom of the sea and never be thought again. Amen or we, right? You guys are very much like last service. Last service, I was like, things I've done, and everybody was like, yes, amen, amen. I was like, and the stuff I think about, and no, no one moved. They were like, if I don't move or say amen, people won't know that that applied to me, right? What I think about? You know, when I leave and when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. You look behind me and you're there, right, in my past. Then up ahead, you're there too in my future. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. How is the thought that God is with you in your thoughts, in, in, in your actions, in your words, in your past, in your future? How is that wonderful? And I thought about it this week and I came to this conclusion. That is the most wonderful, joyous thing you've ever heard as long as it's dependent on God's character and not yours, right? You see, when we start to get worried about God's presence in our life, it's usually because we're focused in on our character, which is a little suspect. But if God is the most gracious, slow to anger, forgiveful, merciful, gracious God, and this is all based on his character, this is the most joyous thing you've ever heard in your life. Because if it's based on his character, then check this out. If he is everything he said he was, if he is everything that Jesus revealed him to be through his life, his teaching, his miracles, his death and resurrection, you know what it means? It means that when you're alone, and lonely and feel desperate, he's with you as a companion. It means when you're sick, it means that he's with you as healer. It, it, means, it means when you're weak, he's with you as your strength. 
It means when you're broke and you don't know how to make things work, it means he's with you as provider. It means when your sin is beginning to to, to unravel your life and begin to steal all of the potential that God has placed within you, it means he's with you as Savior. And that's good news. That's the most joyous thing you've ever heard, as long as it's based on his character. So you say, okay, well, I might go with you and say that he is with us. But if you're like a lot of people, the struggle isn't necessarily this moment. The struggle is as I look back on life. And there's some of you that, that you're here today because it's Christmas Eve Eve and you promised your wife, your husband, your kids, your grandkids, your neighbor, somebody, listen, I'll check it off the list. I do Christmas and Easter. That's the way I go. I'm a creaster. Okay. That's the way I roll. All right. I want to welcome you creasters. God bless you. It's a combination of Christmas and Easter. So just, you can use it with your friends or tweet it out later. Uh, I'm glad you're here, right? Because here, here's the deal. Sometimes what has happened to us is it's not necessarily this moment, but it's like we look back and when we try to get our mind around, not that God is here, but God was with you. And you look back and you go, now time out. You're saying this all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God was with me I mean, back, like, back in 86 or, or back in 96 or was it 2006 or was it 2060? I don't know where it is, but many of us have a place in the past where we are stuck because we can't get our mind around how was God with me when that was happening. And we don't have time to to dig into all the theological understandings of what God allows and what God causes. We'd love to have that conversation with you long-term if you come back. We talked about this a couple weeks ago on Radio Theology, and I got an email that week from a listener. They said, thanks for this morning's message. It was very encouraging. He said, it took me back to a couple years ago when I was going through my divorce. And he said, during that time, it was really difficult for me to try to figure out why God wanted to rip my family apart. Very real, very raw thought. He said, but I had a friend that encouraged me that God was even in this with me. And he says, now as I look back, I can see that he was with me. Brings my thought back to, I think I've told you guys a story before, many, many, many years ago at a pub theology event. I got a text from someone attending. It was a Christmas event. And she said, how am I supposed to work on my relationship with God when I think he hates me? Very real thought. See, for her, she looked back on her life and there were some things that had happened to her and there was a list of things she had done. And and, and as she looked around her life, as she added up what had been done around and to her and the things that she had done, what she figured was, there's no way that I could be in this moment and look back on what was and believe anything else than that God hates me. 
And I said to her that night, the same thing I'll say to you this morning, is that the, the, the problem with that is that the Christmas story screws up that narrative. Because I don't know about you, but if, if, if I was the all-powerful, all-knowing God that ran the whole universe, right, and I hated you, and I was going to show up on earth to let you know how big of a trouble you were in because I was mad and I hated you, I don't think I show up as a defenseless, vulnerable, helpless baby. How about you? Like if I hate you and I want you to know it and I have all the abilities and all the stuff in nature and everything, I'm showing up with lightning and thunder and hurricanes and all the scary stuff, lots of fire, right? Probably like some roars and things. And it's like, I hate you, be scared, right? But if I... If I was trying to find a strategy and I knew that there were these people who, because of their character and their brokenness and their pain, that, that it would become, it would be almost impossible for them to, to get their minds around how much I love them and how much I desire to be with them. I, I think what I might do is say, what would be the most vulnerable, humble way that I could introduce them to this relationship. And I think I would come as a baby. Because you want to know what the, it's involuntary bodily reaction is when someone hands you a baby. You know what you do? You do this. You know what the reaction is if I come at you with a loaded pistol? Right? Some of you have lived your life, and whenever you get close enough to God and you think God might be with you, you go, ah, ah, ah. You see, the Christmas story is that God is with you and you showed up as a baby because what he wants you to do is just say, See, what happens, though, to some of us <clears throat> is we have doubts and we have fears and we have pain, and those are absolutely Okay. The danger for us is when those fears and when those pains and when that sin moves us to a place where we no longer search for him. See, there's something about this connection where God is always pursuing us. God is always actually seeking us. But there's some kind of connection where God says, listen, I want you to, even though I'm seeking you and even though I'm always with you, I want you to seek. I want you to search after me because I think God knows this. I think God knows that there's something in our searching that unlocks something in us. I think there's a humility that's unlocked when we begin to search. It's in the Christmas story, right? Let's check out the shepherds. That night, some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel appeared among them, and the landscape shone bright to the with the glory of the Lord. They were badly frightened, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Listen to this. I bring you the most joyous news ever announced, and it's for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem. How will you recognize him? You'll find a baby wrapped in a blanket lying in a manger. And then suddenly the angel was joined with a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. Glory to God in heaven, in the highest heaven, they sang, and peace on earth with those, for those who, who, who's pleasing him, for all those pleasing him. When this great army of angels had returned again to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they ran to the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. You see, listen. 
The announcement came to the shepherds, the same thing I've told you today. God is with you. But for the shepherds to experience God firsthand in his fullness, they had to search. Now, God wasn't playing hide and seek, and he's not doing that with you. It's not some cosmic game where he's just like, oh, you can't find me. I'm over here. Now I'm over here, right? It's not a Johnny Magic trick with God. In fact, he says, listen to this. Listen to Isaiah 65. He says this. I've made myself available to those who haven't bothered to ask. I'm here. I'm ready to be found by those who haven't even bothered to look. I kept saying, I'm here. I'm right here to the nation that ignored me. I reach out day after day to a people who turn their backs on me. People who make wrong turns, who insist on doing things their own way. They keep saying, keep your distance. Don't touch me. I'm holier than thou. If you're here this morning and there's been pain and stuff as you look in the past and you say, well, where was God then? And it's, it's, it's driven you to a place where you've stopped searching. I want to invite you this morning to, to start searching, to start seeking because God promises us when you seek, you will find. And as you keep seeking, you will look back on the pain of your past and you will realize he was with me. Josh Hoosman, our lead pastor, tells a story multiple, many, many times of a life-altering event for he and his wife. They were planning this church. They had a little baby named Jackson, and he died a few days after he was born. For those of us that are parents, we, we, we can't even really wrap our minds around what that pain would be like. But Josh tells the story as they look back on that moment, they don't look at it with disdain and hate and, 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 and questioning why would God and where were you? They look back and they say, God was in that moment. And you may be here and, you, and you, you're kind of new to this whole church faith vibe. And so you're trying to figure out why, why when people sing, why do they sometimes raise their hands? Or why do you people sometimes cry when we're doing, when you guys are singing songs? Like the, the band's good. Who, why are you crying? Well, sometimes what happens is for, for, for someone who has, who has followed and sought after God and he showed himself faithful again and again and again, and when they realize that God is with them and they look back and they realize God was there and that happens again and again and again, sometimes you get together and you begin to sing songs about his faithfulness and about his character and just how many times he's been faithful, it just begins to overwhelm your heart and overwhelm your emotions. And sometimes you begin to cry out of gratitude for how many times you look back and know God was with me. That passage I read, it, it ends with this sentence. Before they call out, I'll answer. Before they've finished speaking, I'll have heard. I'm gonna end here in a moment. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to, to begin a relationship with God. And I wanna tell you that it, what God's promising there is this is not some crazy search that's really difficult. It's even before you finish a sentence saying, I want to be with you, God. He's already there. You want to know why? Because God is with you and God was with you. Here's the good news. God will always be with you.
He said, okay, Darren, fine. I get it. He's here now. Maybe I can see him there, but here's where I get wrapped up. I get really worried about the future. I get really worried that I'm going to do something or something's going to happen down the road that I'm not going to be able to trust God in that. How do I know he's taking me somewhere that is good? That's a great question. Let me give you a guarantee about what's going to happen for the remainder of your life. Okay, In your life, as long as you live on this earth, your life is going to be full of struggle and trials and disappointments. There will be pain. There will be confusion. It will always be difficult for you to love people in your life well and love yourself well. Life will be a struggle. And I'm not being a a downer. I'm just reading the words of Jesus. In John 16, he said this, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrow. And we don't have to look very far in our life to know, well, that's consistent. So if it's been part of our past, it'll be part of our future too. But here's the cool part of what Jesus says here. He says this, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You see, there had to be moments for Mary and Joseph. This still is the part that blows my mind all the time about the Christmas story is that they actually had God with them, right? God is with us. They named him Emmanuel, Jesus, right? God with us. He was with them and they could look back and they knew they were good Jewish people. They knew that this was the fulfillment of God's covenant and his promise way back, even Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the people. God was, he's been with this, but there had to be moments as they're living this life, raising Jesus, that they had to wonder to themselves, is God really going to be with us as this thing progresses? Especially as Jesus started teaching and saying things that were difficult and, and all the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to hate him. Hey, moms, have you ever had a kid say one thing mean about your kid at school recently? You have, and you wondered, when did you become the meanest, most aggressive mama bear in the world, Right? Can you imagine what it had been like for Mary hearing people talk about her son the way they did? And then it culminates in the worst moment of Mary's life. She had to be broken and sobbing on her knees and looking up at her son beaten and bloodied and crucified on a cross and wondering, God, are you with us? Now, if you know the Christmas story and then you know the Easter story, you know that that wasn't the moment that it ended. And in her confusion, Mary kept searching. And then just a few days later, she found the resurrected Christ. Jesus came back from the dead and he defeated death and hell and fear. And and in that moment, as Jesus was resurrected on Easter Sunday, we'll celebrate in a few months, what it guaranteed is this, for Mary and for you and for me and for everyone on this earth that will say, I want to be with God is this. There will never, ever in this life or the next be a moment that God is not with you. But there are moments when it has to be really difficult to believe it. We got a chance to sit down with the family this week. Many of you know this story. You've seen it on the news. Uh, The faith of this kid is remarkable.
such an inspiration to so many people. I mean, I know you know that, but just the strength you have is incredible. You know, because what I've seen is that you have strength that most people don't have. And I wanted to find out, you know, where does that strength come from? Where do you find the motivation and ability to, to power through what you've been through? Yeah, no, all my strength comes from my faith in Jesus Christ. That's incredible. I, you know, I don't know that I could have that kind of strength and faith like you do. And I think it's a real inspiration to people during Christmas time that need hope like that. Um, you know, Christmas time is about when we celebrate that God's with us. He was born into the world, that he cared enough about us. He didn't give up on us, even though we rebelled against him. So how could you say after everything you've been through, battling cancer this long, struggling through what you've had to struggle through, how could you still say that God is with you even in these hard times, what, how is that, what has that been like in your life? Yeah, I know that this whole life I've been in that time. Um, he has still blessed me through everything that I've been through. Hard and easy. That's incredible. That you look at your life and say, God has blessed you with all the things that you've been through, the good and the bad, and I mean, that's just encouraging to me. And, the reality is that your daily life these last couple of months, being all over television, all over, you know, online, is probably the day-to-day -day life has been really difficult and hard, I'm sure. How is God in those moments, in those hard moments, what's it look like for God to be present with you? Guys, I put a lot of away. It's like gambling, you never know. I know, like when I woke up this morning, how, how I was going to feel, whether it was going to or good. Mm -hmm. And you praise God in both, man. Exactly. And so what, you know, Christmas time, we're filming this just a little bit before Christmas. How could you encourage anyone out there that might see this about how to find hope this Christmas and the things that they're facing in their life? Um, just find out where your faith lies and rely in that. Um, you know, I don't know where it lies. Um, wherever it may be. I was driving to first as long as 5, 6, and 18. You know, we're just, we're just always just thanks in all circumstances for this to will of God and Christ Jesus to you. At Christmas time, for you to be able to face all this and say that you put your faith in Jesus, it's an inspiration. And I, I hope that people who watch this get to see the impact that God has used you to make in this world. And He could do that for so many more people. And so just thank you, man, on behalf of you know, millions of Americans, thank you that you're willing to speak up and, and, and live your faith out in that way and to have that kind of courage and strength. ever keep Christ's love from us. When we have trouble or calamity, 
when we're hunted down or destroyed? Is, is it because he doesn't love us anymore? And if we're hungry or, or penniless or in danger or threatened with death, has, has God deserted us? No. No. For the scriptures tell us, and I'm convinced, that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. The angels won't and all the powers of hell itself cannot keep God's love away. Our fears for today, our worries for tomorrow, or where where we are, high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing, nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ when he died for us. See, this morning, my desire and our prayer as we put everything together was that to get you to consider, to believe that, that God is with you. God was with you and God will be with you. But here's the question that you have to answer this morning. Are you with God? You see, because it's not a question about God's character and his faithfulness. It's the question about your desire to invite him into your life and to let him be everything that he lived and died and was resurrected to become.